Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded Podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you grow your business, get more clients, and monetize. And today, I'm excited. You all know I always get excited when we have special guests, and y'all, we're talking to Brock Johnson, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've been on Instagram, and you've seen all the Instagram gurus, and Brock Johnson is an Instagram expert, and I'm like, we have to get him on the show. So thank you, Brock, so much for coming on the Social Media Decoded podcast. Of course, Michelle. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and uh, to decode Instagram a little bit. Yes, and please introduce yourself and let us know you have a really unique background. You actually started on social media as a kid. So can you let us know a little bit about your background and how you got started with social media? Totally. Yeah. So there's so many different you know avenues we can go down with this answer. But um, I was on social media from a really young age. My mom, a lot of people know me from her. A lot of people know of her. Her name is Shalene Johnson. She's kind of an OG in the like fitness space. Um, so she's if you ever turn on your TV at like 2.30 in the morning and you see a little blonde lady dancing around and teaching workout videos, that's my mom. So I grew up with her. And because of that, um, I grew up with a mom who was on social media, who was on TV. And so monkey see, monkey do. I wanted to create my own videos and be on social media. And so when I was maybe around uh, 11 or 12 years old, I got into basketball trick shots. It was right at the time that Dude Perfect, which a lot of people know, they I think they even had their own show on Nickelodeon. Um, it was right around the time that they were really blowing up and getting popular. And I was like, I want to do that for myself with my friends. So um, I gathered up all of the you know old cameras that I could find around the house and uh, started filming basketball trick shot videos and posting them on YouTube. And um, none of them did very well. None of them went viral. The average views was like 300 views. Um, I think to this day, I still have less than like 500 subscribers on that channel, um, spending hours and hours working on creating videos and making these trick shots. Uh, but that was my introduction to social media. That was my introduction to consistency. That was my introduction to creating, planning, filming, scripting, editing content, all the things that now are such, you know, hot button topics and are such buzzwords. Those were things that I was doing, um, before I was even a teenager, before I could even drive. Um, and so I've continued that. Of course, I'm not doing basketball trick shots anymore, but a lot of those same uh, principles still apply to my business and my content today. I love that so much. And I feel like I've been on social media forever too. Like I started back in 2009, like things have changed on YouTube, yeah. blog. I started with a blogger website, like not even WordPress or so like back in the day. Wow. So, so mm -hmm. many things have changed and I totally agree with you. If you like grow up with it, I think it is easier for you. And I think that it, it's like second nature. You saw your mom doing it. And so it's like, that's mm -hmm. what you do. And it's really interesting because my daughter, like I think that's how I think she's, she doesn't necessarily use social media. Like she's not on Instagram. We have a page for her, but she understands mm -hmm. it. And she knows, like, I see her yeah. in her room making videos that, like, of course, are not going to get posted. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, if we yeah. create our a YouTube channel, but she's doing the same things that we are doing. And so she sees that. So she gets it and understands social media in a different way. So I really think that that's cool that you have that background and being able to bring that into what you do, because I feel like your content really helps people understand, like, look, you don't have to post 50,000 times a day, but you have to be consistent. And I want to talk about that for a minute. Consistency is something that really nudges people, especially on Instagram. Like it's always changing. And I think your content really pokes a lot of fun at Instagram because look, I know it's, it can be a lot, but it also yeah. speaks to, you do have to be consistent. So what do you say to the business owner who's like, oh my God, like I have to post and keep up with all the things that Instagram does, the hashtags, oh my, what do you say to that person? 
Yeah. Well, what I'll say is, of, of course, consistency matters, right? Because consistency in making multiple posts, what I think people don't realize is that ultimately those are just opportunities to practice. So the more consistent you can practice, the better you're going to get. Does that mean you need to practice for three hours multiple times a day, every single day to become great? No, but you're more likely to become better if you practice more. And so take that and apply it to social media. The more you post, the better you're going to get. And to speak uh, uh, specifically about some facts for a second, um, the more you post, the more you grow. There have been numerous studies done of hundreds of thousands of Instagram accounts that have shown, regardless of your industry, regardless of how long you've had the account or what your topic is, the more you post, the higher your frequency of posting is, the more your growth rate will increase, the more you will grow. Now, with all of that being said and all of that out of the way, I think where people get too caught up is they chase after what this guru said and this expert said, and this latest trend is three posts a day and seven posts a day and one post a week and one post every other day. Ultimately, we should all be asking ourselves the questions of what can I sustain? That's the question we need to ask ourselves because it doesn't matter what some expert told you you need to do. It doesn't matter what your neighbor's doing. It doesn't matter what your competitor's doing. It matters what you can sustain because ultimately, if you can only sustain a post every other day, and you're going to try to instead post every day or twice a day, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to lose creativity. Your posts are going to suck. You're going to, to go back to that uh, analogy of practice, you're going to be mailing it in at practice. You're going to be slacking off at practice and you're not going to get better. So instead, I want people to really look in the mirror and identify for themselves, what can I sustain? That was like a masterclass. Right there, because you're right. Like, what can you sustainably do? What can you sustainably post? I mean, people look to us, right? And like you said, all the experts, everybody's sharing so many different things, and it can't. You can get wrapped up in it and say, "Oh my God, Michelle said this, Brock said this. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do?" But you really should do what works for your business. If you can't post Mm -hmm. every day, you maybe can't post every day. There have been some days that I haven't posted, but I am consistent, and I know that people see that, and they'll. There's something there. There's an email, a YouTube, a podcast, a something always going on. So I want people to know, too, that even though we talk a lot about Instagram and love Instagram, that you don't have to just post on Instagram. Let's be honest. Like we want to be on other places, too. Absolutely. And and there's different platforms for different kinds of creators. And that's one of the things I love about social media as it currently exists is we all have different strengths, right? Some of us are great at short form video. Some of us are great at audio, like a podcast. Some, Some of us are great at copywriting and written content. So we're great at blogging and email marketing and Twitter, but maybe YouTube videos aren't our thing. And so that's one of the things I love about today's day and age, excuse me, is that there's just so much diversity in the content. Absolutely. And I want to talk about engagement too, because this is another, I think I kind of feel like we're talking about all the hot buttons, especially on Instagram. And I like to call Adam, Uncle Adam. I, when I make my update videos, I'm like, Uncle Adam came up with something. I love else that. I might do. steal that. I love that. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on engagement? Because I feel like you have to give engagement to get engagement. I feel like mm-hmm. there's this misconception of, oh, I'm just going to post and all these random people are going to come. I believe Mm -hmm. that there have been people on Instagram for years building community. We have been building community, right? You have people, Mm -hmm. they're just going to comment. They're going to post. They're going to interact with your things. But I'm sure you are interacting or your team is interacting with the people. And so how important is engagement for business owners really looking to grow on Instagram like with engagement? Because that's something that's really looked at. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's cliche to say it, but at the end of the day, it's called social media. The first word, first and foremost, the foundation of why these platforms were created originally was for us to be social, to be able to connect with people online. And so to speak from an algorithmic perspective, the more you can engage with others, the more you can show up, respond to questions, have conversations, and b- b- basically just treat people like people, the more you will be treated like a person. And so as rude as it would be like, imagine, you know, we're in a room full of 50 people and someone asks a question or someone says something. It would be so rude and so uh, socially awkward and unacceptable if we all just ignored that person and shunned them and no one responded. Yet that's oftentimes how it comes across on social media. And the reason for that oftentimes is because we don't feel connected to the person asking the question. We don't feel like there's anything in it for us. We don't feel like there's a community or a conversation. It feels like they're asking us a question because they want to lead us into a sale. Or it feels like they're asking us a question selfishly just because they want some more engagement from themselves. So I think a great thing that we should all be considering is not necessarily what can our followers do for us, but what can we do for our followers? More than just the content that we're putting out, how can we value them, treat them like people, ask them genuine questions to just take an interest in their life rather than trying to, you know, just boost our own engagement. And then the other thing that I will say about engagement um, is that it's down for almost everyone. Almost everyone, I think 91% of the people that we've polled have reported their views or their engagement has been down over the last few weeks and months. And there's numerous reasons for that. We don't need to get into every single detail of why, but I think that that should, number one, be a word of encouragement for all of us. Like we're all in the same boat. If engagement is down for pretty much everyone, then it's not really down for anyone at all. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, like we're all slightly lower than we used to be. So we're all still on the same playing ground. We're all still on the same field. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say about engagement and uncle Adam and the algorithm, which I I love that, um, is I think that we need to stop focusing so much on the algorithm and start focusing more on the audience. The audience is what drives your engagement. And I know we get so caught up and confused in what's changed with the algorithm this week. What is it looking for? What is it focused on? Ultimately, the algorithm is dictated by our audience. If your viewers don't like what you're posting, it's not going to get watched. If you are producing bad content that's not engaging, that's not captivating, not entertaining, not educational, then people aren't going to watch it. And that will be reflected in the algorithm and in your engagement. So it starts not with the algorithm, not with Uncle Adam, uh, but it instead starts with the audience and how can you create better content for them? That again, another masterclass, and I agree with everything that you said. <laughs> I'm over kind. here shaking my head, like yes. And you, you, you all on YouTube, you'll see my head shake. We're yes, because this is you have to engage. It's like a social platform. No one is going to buy anything from you if you're just like, hey, here's my water bottle. Buy it. No, what's the story? Yeah. Why? Why do you have this water bottle? Why do you love it so mm-hmm. much? And I think that some people, you know, they say they don't want to share like too much of their life. Like you don't have to share mm-hmm. every single thing. I'm sure there's so much of you that you've never even shared. So much of me, mm-hmm. I don't even share, but I share enough to relate to someone else. You have to be relatable. Absolutely. When you do yes. that and you share content that's relatable, people will engage with it. And then you have to look at your analytics. Let's talk about that. Looking mm-hmm. at your analytics to see, like you said, and predict, okay, well, maybe they don't like this content. Maybe they like when I talk more. Mm-hmm. I think, and from experience and from just my overall obsession with Instagram and just research on people, when you talk, those are the type of videos that people want to 
view. If you mm-hmm. are an expert, mm-hmm. a coach, consultant, strategist, whatever, if you're talking, they want to be engaged with that. So what are your tips when it comes to analytics and really looking into that to help us build a content strategy? Absolutely. And and to go back to like a sports analogy, I know we were talking before the show and uh, we've been talking, making a lot of connections about sports and my basketball trick shots back in the day. But just like anything else, sometimes you can feel like you had a great game and you look at the stat line and it wasn't that great. Or sometimes you feel like, oh, I didn't play very well. I was a little bit off. And you look at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, hey, I won. So it's important to not just base things about what we think and what we feel, but to actually look at the analytics and the stats. We don't need to base our joy and our you know, fulfillment and our sense of purpose and our sense of self off of those stats. But we need to look at them and take them seriously to figure out like what's working and what's not. Because um, I guarantee you every single person watching and listening um, has had a post that they were like, this is this is bad. Like This is not my best work. I'm just going to post it. And it did really well. And I bet they also have posts, myself included, who I'm like, this is a hit. This is totally slam dunk. This is the best content. I love it. Post it and it's crickets. Like you're like, this was the one that was going to go viral, and it's the one that gets crickets every time. And so we need to analyze our um, insights. One of my favorite insights or statistics that Instagram has recently made publicly available um, is watch duration. How long is someone watching your content for? We've known for a long time that that's super important on YouTube, on podcasts, on TikTok, on Instagram. That's important on all the platforms. And finally, Instagram is letting us take a look under the hood and actually see. How long are people watching for? What's the average duration? And that's important to review your content because if your video is, let's say, 40 seconds long and the average view duration is only 26 seconds, then maybe you should watch your video and figure out what happens in those first 26 seconds or what happens at the 26 second mark that's causing people to lose interest. Did I talk? Did I go off on too much of a tangent? Did I go too much down a rabbit hole? Did I say something that's just like really not resonating with my audience? And the more that you can refine and really go through your content with a fine tooth comb and look at it just objectively, not something that is so, you know, this is my creation. This is my baby. This is my art. I understand if you look at your content that way, but purely looking at it as a piece of data and a great practice opportunity to learn from your audience then you'll be able to make those little adjustments and improve for the next post. Again, another masterclass. I feel like every <laughs> answer is like a masterclass. You're giving the gem. You're dropping the gems. If you're feeling this podcast, mm-hmm. make sure you tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and let me know, what do you think? What do you think about what Brock is saying about Instagram? Yes, it's going to change, but we have to just roll with the changes. Yes, we mm-hmm. have to engage. It is called social media. Yes, we have to have a plan. You can't just post something and say, oh, come buy my workbook that I want you to get with no story yeah. behind it. So I love that. Okay, this is the the burning question. Rapid fire kind of sort of. Mm-hmm. TikTok mm-hmm. versus Instagram. What are your thoughts? My rapid fire answer is both. My shortest answer, if you absolutely only have to pick one, I would say Instagram. But there's so much complexity to, to that answer. I know. It's like you can't even really answer because it's like it's too much. It's too much. But yeah. the last thing I want to ask before my favorite segment is Instagram stories. I really love Instagram stories. And I think that you do a great job with Instagram. So you do a great job with Instagram in general. You all definitely should follow Brock. If you're not following him already, of course, we're going to have all of his information down in the show notes. But Instagram stories can really convert. Can you give us three Mm. quick tips on how we can up level our Instagram stories to get more conversions, whether that's people to follow us or clicks, whatever that conversion that we're looking for? 
Absolutely. This is such a great question. And Instagram stories are so essential um, into a successful Instagram strategy. But I do want to let everyone know who's watching, you're not going to grow your following from posting on Instagram stories. They have a purpose, but generally speaking, 99% of your new followers are not following you from your stories. And that's because to put it really simply, those people aren't seeing your stories. The only people who are seeing your stories are the people who already follow you. All right, so let's get into the mindset of a follower for a second. They've already decided to follow you. They've seen your feed posts. They read your bio. They're like, you know, this is my girl. This is my dude. I'm following them. Now they want to get to know you a little bit more. They want to learn a little bit more about who you are. So one major thing that you need to be doing is focusing more on documentation rather than creation with your Instagram stories. I see far too many Instagram stories that are these pretty graphics and they're made in Canva and they're like all professionally designed. They look like some poster that you'd see on the side of a street. People don't connect with that. People don't resonate with that. Like imagine you were like went out on a coffee date with someone and instead of having a conversation with you, they just slid, slid some like little pretty graphic across the table. What? No, be yourself. Talk to the camera. Be authentic. People don't want you to be perfect and curated and pretty. They want to see the real messy, authentic you, if that's you. And so just focus on documenting that and showing us because that leads me into my second tip, which is that builds trust. And trust is the ultimate currency. And the reason that you said, Michelle, a second ago, that stories are so great for conversions is because of this reason. If trust is the ultimate currency, stories are where we build that trust on Instagram. I can get a valuable post from you. You know, I can, I can see a great reel. I can learn from your feed posts, but ultimately I need to trust you. I need to connect with you. I need to make sure that you're a good person. I need to make sure that we have the same values and beliefs. I need to make sure that like you are someone who I can believe in and trust and go to if I'm going to pay you for something. And so that trust is built on the Instagram stories. And then the third kind of piece of this strategy is that Instagram stories are the easiest way, arguably, to get someone to either do one of two things, either click on a link and directly go to you know the landing page, the checkout page, whatever, or what I think is the more effective strategy, which we don't have time to get into the whole details of it, but it's ultimately getting people into your direct messages. The easiest way to get someone into the DMs is from your Instagram stories because there's that little reply bar down at the bottom. And so once they're in the direct messages, you can really build that trust. You can really build those relationships and connections. It goes down in the DMs. That's where the sales happen. That's where the customers come from is in the direct messages and the stories are how you get them into the direct messages. Another masterclass. I hope you all took notes. (laughs) This was a great episode. I mean, definitely please re-listen, share it because this was really great. I I definitely agree with you about Instagram stories. Like you're not going to grow, but you do have to tell stories. And yes, I still see so many pretty pictures and all these things. And I'm like, no, this is the (laughs) wrong way. Documentation is what we need to Mm -hmm. do in our stories to build that trust. And yes, that little button, tell people to send you a message. I don't Mm -hmm. think people click on the link. What do you think? Do you think they really click on the actual link, I don't think that's being utilized. No, studies have shown that it, it, it hurts your views, it hurts your engagement, and it's, I think, less than 3% of viewers will even click on that link. So it's so much more powerful to get them to start having that conversation with you. Take note, everyone, take note. So this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast, the book section. Mm. I'm sure everyone listening has so many books and resources from all of our amazing guests. So were there any books or resources that have helped you along your entrepreneur journey or that you want to share that can enrich anyone listening here on their business journey? Absolutely. So many books, so many books. I'm trying to think of, if I had to pick, let's say three books to recommend, I would say one, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, is I believe how you say his last name. 
awesome book, Super Fans by Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn is an amazing guy, and all of his books are great, but Super Fans is a great one. Um, and then let's go with one more. I'm trying to come up with one that isn't super uh, business focused, maybe personal development focused. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. Of course, everyone, that's one of the most popular books of the last 10 years, but uh, that book, 10 out of 10, love it. Three great books. Love them all. The Psychology of Money, you have to like read it all the time because I think it's really helpful. And The yes. Subtle Art of Not Giving Up, mm, really great mm-hmm. book for you to read so you can just, because business is, is not all peaches and cherries and roses and cream. And so <laughs> you have to know how to say, you know what? I'm over this. Yep. Oh my gosh. This yep. has been such a great episode. And I'm so thankful that you came on and shared so many Instagram gems. And I know you have a really awesome Insta club that people can definitely check out. So can you let us know where can we find you online and how can they find out more about the amazing things that you offer if they have more questions about Instagram? Absolutely. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to, to speak to your audience. It truly does mean a lot to me. The best place to connect with me, uh, you know, of course, is on Instagram. I'm Brock11Johnson on Instagram, but I'm also Brock11Johnson on every platform. So whether you're on LinkedIn or YouTube or Twitter or TikTok or whatever, Brock11Johnson is where to find me. Um, and if you want to learn more about the Insta Club Hub, just shoot me a direct message and we can chat there and I can help you figure out if it's a, the right fit for you. Awesome. Yes. And we'll make sure to put all of Brock's information down below in the show notes and you can connect with him there. Thank you so much, Brock, for coming on the Social Media Decoded podcast. And we will talk to you all in the next one.